Welcome to the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. We've combined life experience with young adult drive and ambition. Are you just starting to college plan? Did you finish your education and wonder, now what? Join us in this lively discussion about the topics you need to know to create the next stage of your life's dreams, careers, finances, education, and more. Brought to you by Voice for Heroes 501c3. Hello and welcome to another episode, the Education, Career, and Beyond. And here we are with another fantastic guest today as we're going to have a fun discussion about adulting. It's something I'm still trying to avoid myself all these years. So I think this is going to be a really great time. And we have Sarah Deacon, who has been so gracious to want to be with us today for this podcast as she shares her expertise as an adulting coach and helping our young adults to tackle adulting and really be the boss of their own life. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for having me. And we have our usual Ed Sanderson. Sorry, he's not just usual. He's our amazing Ed Sanderson that's with us every week. And Capri <laughs> is out conquering the world. But McKenna Hirsch, if you follow this show, which hopefully you do, you will remember that McKenna has been on this show before and has now stepped up to be a guest host with us when we need her. And McKenna, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me back. All right, let's get started. Adulting, something that is a terrifying word that I still am not tackling well after raising four adult children myself. <laughs> and here we are to have this conversation. Sarah, why don't you start off with us on just give us whatever you want to share about your background and what brought you to this point, And then we get to have some fun strategic questions. Okay, well, um, my background is sort of all over the place. I went to college not really knowing what I wanted to do or be when I grow up and got an English major, went to grad school because I still didn't know. I had a bunch of different jobs. I thought I wanted to go into publishing, ended up uh, publishing adjacent. I worked at a bookstore, worked at Borders and you know, for, for several years. Um, you know, traveled a little bit. I'm from Wisconsin. I lived in Boston, went to school there, and then moved into the D.C. area for a while. And, you know, had a lot of different jobs, a lot of different experiences. And in the process of figuring it out, I realized that maybe the traditional career path was not for me. I ended up becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, I had a business in postpartum care for a few wow. years. And then in the pandemic, I could not no longer come into strangers' houses to breathe on their newborns uh, because they just didn't like that for some reason Don't understand. Uh, in 2020. So I, I shifted and I realized that I had been coaching sort of all along in my life. So um, honing some of those skills, getting a lot of coaching myself helped me get through the pandemic and really take charge of my own future and, and start to own my future and really start to believe that adulting is actually fun. And people like to argue with me about this. Like Amy just said, oh, I don't want to adult, but I actually have really embraced it. And I think that even though it, it can be really difficult and challenging and hard, there is this element of if you're in your purpose and in alignment with who you are and and what you've been put here to do, like it's it's going to be fun even doing some of the hard stuff. So that's me in a nutshell, I guess. I love it. I love it. I know. And Sarah, just so you know, we I've 
have grown kids, but yep. I'm still the biggest kid of all of them. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm well, the one that, adulting. <laughs> right. And that's, that's the thing too. Like when I started coaching, I was like, well, I'll just coach adults who are, you know, sort of in my phase of life or whatever, the raising kids or whatever. And the more I started to market myself as a coach, the more people came up to me like, well, do you work with teenagers? Because they really need you. They need this. And whatever they saw in me, the silly, goofy, non-adult, kind of not serious side of me was, was something that connected. I love it. Ed, our more serious adult in the group. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, I, I'm like Amy. I'm like, I'm either going to walk away from this feeling really good or feeling really bad about the path that I've been on as an adult. <laughs> And then I'm going to feel bad about the job I do adulting my children. And then you're an English major. So then I'm going to worry it's about not my, my it's not my jam to make my, people uh, bad about themselves. <laughs> oh, don't worry. You don't have to just, it's not you. It's you're going to say something and then I'm going to respond to it and then I'll be sad. No. So listen, uh, I, I think this is a very interesting topic. I've worked with teenagers for 20 years plus raise my own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd like to get a clearer definition of when you say adulting, can you give us a definition of what that means in the context of who, what you do and who you talk to? Yeah. The way I sort of approach it is it, it is sort of this, this funny term, this uh, verbing of the noun. So I see it as basically doing the things adults do. So whether that's, you know, being in charge of your household or paying bills or making your own appointments, it that's that's the kind of stuff. The way I incorporate it into my business is it's it's a doorway because what I really talk about with young people is uh, some of the identity pieces, like who are you? Who do you want to be? Because a lot of what happens in life, the decisions you make and the behaviors that show up, a lot of that comes from how you see yourself in your identity, where you think you belong, where you want to belong, where you want to go, your goals, your dreams. So I do the coaching around not necessarily the practical side of here's how to balance a checkbook. Like that would not be fun for me. So that's not what I do. <laughs> um, it, what's fun for me is digging into how you see yourself and what you value as a person and what you value in other people and how to communicate uh, authentically and respectfully, but also in a self-honoring way. The, the mental health side of things is so, so important right now that, you know, having those conversations and really equipping people to have the, the drive, determination, grit, and resilience that they need to actually own their own choices about themselves and about the future is how I approach adulting and how how we we work together to to get there thanks for that answer that uh, for those of you who are not adults that's what it means uh before <laughs> i pass the baton to mckenna uh just to clarify for you young folks out there a checkbook is something that we used to use where you could exchange a piece of paper for goods services or cash 
And balancing a checkbook, which you probably don't know anything about, is making sure you have enough money so you don't overdraft your account. It's math. So yeah. I want to make sure we clarify some of these. I should have said budgeting or online banking or something. I thank you for clarifying that because it think- it's true. It's yeah. The only reason I'm thinking about it, Sarah, is because I, I have a young man in my home. He's 19. And his definition of balancing his account is I'm either zero or negative. So uh, we have conversations <laughs> yeah, about this on our mine, mine just logs on to the to the website. Let me let me just see my bank balance. Okay, that good. Yeah. Keep track of it. Like, it's, like that's why does it keep going down? Way. Because you keep or, buying yeah. stuff. <laughs> right, paying bills, we could, budgeting. We could spend an yeah. hour on that. Oh, um, McKenna. Check your math app. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. McKenna, have you had a couple questions for our uh, guest today? Oh, yeah, I've got tons. Um, So I know for me, I'm legally considered an adult, Mm -hmm. but I'm also still a teenager, and I just finished my first year of college. So there's all sorts of, I guess, stages of life kind of merging into one. And I think one thing for me as I am um, a young adult, but still in college is kind of finding my passions and what Mm -hmm. I really enjoy in life. But Mm -hmm. I'm curious, like, what would your advice be for someone who's kind of at this adulting stage, but still kind of considers himself like a teenager or a kid about how do they discover their passions while continuing forward in life and their education? That is a really good question. And again, that one could probably go on for hours. (laughs) That is something that I actually do with my clients is we do something called the passion test where we get really clear about what you want in your life. And the, the simple process of it is just make a list, like give yourself time and space to really kind of think about what kind of life you want and, and what you really value. So the a lot of times what I hear from young people is that there is there's just so much going on. There's a lot of information coming at you. There's not a lot of time to sit and process or breathe or space to, you know, bounce ideas off of people in a real kind of deep way. So anytime you can sort of even just set aside a little bit of time to just kind of maybe write a list or, uh, give yourself just that time to daydream, which we don't we don't do like get being bored or daydream or doing doing nothing or something that looks like nothing. We tend to start start to judge ourselves for not being productive or going forward or making progress or whatever. But unless you actually take the time to figure out what you actually want, you're going to spend so much time just reacting or avoiding what you don't want that it will still, it will continue to feel kind of scattered and overwhelming and stressful. So my whole approach is like find ways to simplify and connect with even just one or two things that you know you, you really want or you really value in your life. Awesome. Thank you. Does that help? Yes, for sure. (laughs) Good. Good. McKenna, you want to ask another question? Yes. More, bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) um, You know, I think passions are obviously like super important, but in terms of like careers and like finding, I guess, your main passions in term in your career, um, Mm -hmm. how would you 
look at that perspective since there's, I bet, a bunch of new graduates who just mm-hmm. maybe have graduated high school or college. Um, and so how do you, with all these like opportunities and choices that you have to make following graduation, um, how do you kind of separate your passions between like a career um, and kind of like that? And something else like a side hustle yes. or a hobby or a fun social. Yeah, uh, right. that's a really great question. And the when it comes to careers or even the job that you get right now, even if it's not entirely related, what I like to do is I always like to ask, like, what is it about what you're doing that you really, really love? Because sometimes your job doesn't have, you know, it doesn't check all the boxes. It doesn't have everything you want right away. And that can be okay. If you can find that part of it that lights you up, something about the people you work with or a certain activity that you get to do at work, um, those are the kinds of things that you can kind of follow the breadcrumb trail through to see like, okay, how can I do more of this? Or what is it? Uh, you know, what, what opportunities could I, could I find here to do something that maybe would make it more interesting or inspiring to, to do that work. So even if you go to school for a certain specific thing and you end up in that specific field and maybe it's not what you thought it would be, (laughs) like, that's that's a time to kind of evaluate like what is it about this that attracted me in the first place what do i like about this job is it the job itself or the career itself or is it the company i'm at or is it the people i work with and sort of separating those different pieces of it again like having someone else to bounce these thoughts and uh, reflections off of is is always helpful but you can also do it for yourself through journaling or through um you know, whatever, whatever modality of, of self-reflection that, that works for you. Sarah, I've been parenting for 32 years. So it's been interesting. And because of the age difference, my oldest 32, the youngest 18. So there've Mm -hmm. been different adulting conversations that have taken place over these years based on what's taking place in the world and what decade it really was. I've had an interesting experience with multiple decades as Mm -hmm. I've helped these wonderful, uh, wonderful young adults emerge into our society. My question for you is how much have you even seen the narrative change of what you're advising post pandemic from what it even was even in 2018, 2019? Yeah, it's interesting because I wasn't really explicitly coaching in 2019. I was actually working more with parents. So it was um, even in in 2019, 2018, I saw this um, sort of isolation coming in where the we're, we're seeking connection and seeking this, these relationships virtually online or through social media where it kind of gives us this illusion that we're connected, but we end up feeling more isolated than, than ever. And so post pandemic, of course it's amplified. I don't know. I don't do math. So like a lot, (laughs) like exponentially. Right. Um, that's why I'm not an accountant. Uh, um, yeah, so like there's even more isolation. There's even more um, it, post-pandemic. It, it's a lot of the way I've, I've seen it and heard it phrased from even the young people I, I've spoken to is that there's this sort of simmering anxiety underneath the surface where 
okay, well, if I do something that matters, how do I know it won't get taken away from me? Yes. Um, and the challenge and what actually I, I kind of, it kind of thrills me to dig into that challenge is how can we equip people with, I mean, even, even adults are struggling with this too. So like, it, mm -hmm. it's not just a, <laughs> a teenage thing either is how do we equip you with that um, resilience and the ability to make meaning and find purpose mm -hmm. without knowing whether it's going to go the way you expect or whether it's going to go anywhere at all or whether it's going to be here today and gone tomorrow. Like, how do we do that? And for each person, it's going to be a little bit different because there's different types of fears that come up around that. Um, but the main approach is to actually look at the underlying fear instead of trying to sweep it further under the rug or mm -hmm. avoid it or judge it or, you know, um, yeah, like stuff the feelings down to be like how you think you should be about it. <laughs> so, right. so actually facing it, which, which can be really hard and uncomfortable. And that's something that I really, um, I, you know, to toot my own horn, I feel like I do really well is to hold space for those kind of challenging, uncomfortable thoughts, feelings, and in conversations and explorations about it. Excellent. Ed? Oh, yeah, Who's I got next? questions. <laughs> I got questions. Sarah, I, I got to tell you, I was on your website and you, I could, I should have guessed you're a writer because you have some really interesting language on how you describe things. And I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about mm -hmm. a couple of things I pulled off your website. Um, and I think McKenna alluded to this, but maybe you can take a little further. It says, tap into your experiences, inner wisdom, and your strengths. And so I think some young people might think, uh, I don't have much of any of that. So how do they take the limited experience that they have mm -hmm. um, and use that as a way that they can begin adulting and working through some of those challenges? Something that I've noticed about young people is they are so much more self-aware than I was <laughs> when I was young yeah, uh, right now. So even, even if you think you don't have strengths or a lot of experiences, you do. Uh, I was talking with a young man who really, like, this kid was convinced he had nothing to offer, no real future, no prospects, nothing. And as we spoke, I kept asking him questions, you know, well, what classes do you like? Where, you know, where do you... What, what lights you up? Where, where do you spend your free time? What do you do with your friends? That kind of thing. And we, and we talked for a little while because it was like, oh, nothing, nothing. I don't know. You know, I don't like any classes. And it was just like the the defeat there was uh, kind of like you say, Ed, they did, like he did not think that he had any strengths, wisdom, any valuable experiences or anything like that. But as we talked, it came out that he, with his friends, enjoyed playing uh, tabletop role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons, with his friends. And I started talking about how awesome that is, like, because he is actually, through doing that activity and participating in that way with his friends and interacting, he's actually getting experience with leadership and social skills and psychology and problem solving and 
uh, creativity and collaboration and mm -hmm. all of these things that he had no idea even like that that was something that uh, was at that deeper level of something that he just enjoyed he did with his friends and who knows like I didn't know if like somebody else made him feel like that was a waste of time or it's silly or whatever um, but I actually played role-playing games when I was young and it really served me in a in a really effective way so um, being able to explain that in in that and add that perspective to him I, I hope allowed him to kind of see that he did have these different strengths and he was learning skills that were valuable in the world or in his later life so that he can actually defend himself if somebody says, oh, that's a waste of time. He can say, no, actually, I'm learning leadership skills and I'm learning, uh, you know, statistics right. being, you know, the the um, attributes and things like that and how to build a how to build a team and how to relate to people. So that's that story i think answers that question of like if you don't think you have something you do <laughs> like you do yeah. and 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 you just need to find what works to find to find out what that is it's not a matter of if you have it it's it's what it is that's a really great answer really sometimes great. you have to dig a little bit to find those little hidden jewels Mm -hmm. I, I want to talk about adulting uh, just for a minute on as a young adult. So I guess there's a, a point where we as parents, maybe McKenna can chime in on this, where we want to turn the reins over to our young adults or teenagers to get them to be responsible. So I'll give you an example. One is like maybe instead of me waking up my kid, um, to get out, to get off to school when they're in high school, I make them set the alarm and get up. And if they don't get up, they deal with the <laughs> the, the agonizing results of being late multiple times. Or I had a, a parent I was talking to yesterday about her daughter, and she I said, "Hey, you know what? One thing I can tell you is that we're working together. Um, I set the appointments with them; they're responsible for being there." And she just was like, "Oh, thank God! I don't." <laughs> I don't want to be involved with that, but it does yeah. beg the question, when do you start that and how much accountability should they have as they move through high school before they even get to college when they're kind of on their own to do those things? Yeah, I think I think it's it's different for every family and certain parents are going to be more involved than other parents. So it, it's different for every family. And I think what you said about you know, setting the alarm in the morning and being late for school and having to deal with that natural consequence. Like that's a really sort of, it's kind of a low risk consequence. Like it's not going to, you know, follow them on a permanent record forever or anything like that. Like they'll deal with it and they'll learn. So it's like, if you forget something at home, I'm not going to bring it to you. <laughs> so that's sort of those, um, you know, low impact natural consequences that helps develop those uh, those skills of you know remembering and um, you know failing in a safe way where you can learn from it and you can feel it and feel upset, disappointed, frustrated, mad at mom and dad about it, whatever. Um, and then you can 
move and make sure that you remember next time. And that I think does happen in those early teen years, even in elementary school. If my kids forgot something, I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't give it to you right now because I'm I'm doing stuff. So adulting. You're um, an adult. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm adulting on my own. <laughs> right. And you know, if I could, I I would help, but you know, it's a, it's a balance because we want to show them that we love them and that we've got their back as parents, like, of course. And sometimes it's, you know what, this is on you and we'll, I'll try to do better next time. Or what support do you need? It, it comes down to sometimes having a conversation of, Hey, you know, I see you have this goal, or I hear that you want to do this thing. Do you need my help with this? And how can I, you know, and how can we help you get there on your own without me doing all the things like making the appointments like that's a big one. Like we don't want to pick up the phone and make a phone call and call the doctor's office or whatever. And with young people, it's a lot of it is just they've never seen it done. They don't realize like what the process is and that that person on the other end of the phone is there to help you and <laughs> wants to, you know, get you what you need. So sitting down with with them and saying, okay, we're together, we're going to make you an appointment now. Here's the number, you know, and have it on speaker. Hi, I'm calling to make an appointment for X. And then the they hear the person on the other line go, okay, cool, let's do that, you know, yes. and then and then it's fine. So it's, it's reducing the fear around the unknown. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what to expect. So then there's fear. So if Sarah, we can reduce the fear, then we can move forward. I just had that same circumstance the other day with my 18 year old. She was trying to purchase something with her debit card online and it was not accepting the purchase because it was fraud alerting. So she got the notification is this fraud. She clicked no, wasn't working. And she goes, what do I do? I said, you call the number on the back of your card at the bank and we have this conversation. You're right. She just went into panic. Just mm -hmm. to, so I sat there with her mm -hmm. as she went through the prompts and just what you described as the customer service came on the phone, handled it, so, made that solution. It now was, yeah. was going to be able to complete the purchase and now you know what to do and right. i think just me sitting there gave her the confidence to walk that step mm -hmm. and i know now she'll be able to do that the next time right yeah excellent example i know we're coming down to the last just couple minutes here um mm -hmm. Quick question, though, is is a Gen Xer here? And I know that Gen Xers, we are known kind of the forgotten generation. We had to parent ourselves, basically. I think there was we really didn't have the same resources. And then you flip over to uh, maybe some of the millennials who had the helicopter moms. And now we're in this different time and place. Do you see that this narrative and having these conversations that we're finding that shift where those of us parents at this stage now are trying to get it right and find that happy medium? I think parents at every stage are trying to get it right. <laughs> you know, we want to do right by our kids. We love our kids in whatever generation we're in. So, yeah, I think I think totally we're we're having a lot of conversations around mental health, around breaking generational cycles, around, um, you know, healing our own trauma as parents, as adults. And we don't want to pass on the same trauma to our kids and we don't want to pass on any trauma. And it it becomes a, a conversation around, well, what do we need to, to do? Because again, we all see life differently. And how do we bring common language to the family? Like I said, I'm an English major, so I do a lot with language and words. And when you, it comes to communication, it is about like what words are we using? What is our tone? What is our body language? And, and what are the stories that we're creating? And how do we check them? How do we check them? 
how do we check them with ourselves and how do we check in on them with others? I love so, it. I don't know. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. McKenna Ed, blanked you out have... for a minute. <laughs> yes. Do you guys have any last thoughts or last questions? Yeah, I um I want to I want to allow um Sarah to kind of get in some info on her course. I love the title, Sarah. What the future? <laughs> tell <laughs> tell the folks about your course and uh, what they can expect to get out of taking it. Well, the What the Future course is just a, a little bit of an intro to me if you're not ready to dive into a full conversation. I really prefer getting right into a full conversation with me. So I don't promote the What the Future course too, too much. It's it's a few, um, it's, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of what I, what is even in there. There's some um, information, you know, like a couple of surveys and a couple of videos, just sort of introducing me, introducing my process and how I work and how we might work together. And then at the end, there's an invitation to a, a quick session to kind of, you know, have that one-on-one -on -one and uh, interaction. Um, so they hopefully would get out of the course um, some introduction to uh, what the passions are and laying some of the foundations for if we if we would work together. And that being said, it's it, it can stand alone. If you don't want to move forward with me, that's totally okay. Some of the work that is in that little course will give you know will give you some of the um, opportunity to reflect on on what you want to have or do or be in your life and and then you can take it from there or, not or do whatever you want. Um, and it, it's going to be so much more valuable to lead into that, that further conversation. Very Excellent. nice. And for okay, all of you listeners, the link is in all the show notes. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening to it, wherever you stream your podcast, the link to her site to reach out to Sarah is in the show notes. So uh, we didn't let McKenna get much in here. I still got a half a dozen questions, which half an hour I should have known was never going to cover it. So listen, I'll Sarah, we come back to again. have you back. Yeah, that'd be great if you'd like to join us again. This Absolutely. conversation about adulting is fascinating to me. Uh, I, you know, you know, kids are so different in a family. Some of them want to grow up super fast. Some of them want to mm -hmm. don't really want to at all. And yeah. then like Amy and I were still trying to figure out uh, how to be a, an adult. So there's oh, a I lot get, of you have grown up to reach out to me too. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised finding yeah. your way. Right. So listen, we got to wrap it up here. Um, because Sarah's got some adulting to do for the kids <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, and uh, I do too. So, um, Listen, on behalf of Amy and McKenna and myself, Sarah, thanks for being here. We appreciate you being on Thank the you, Education oh, yes. Career Thank you so much and for Beyond and the Beyond yeah. podcast. And we focus a lot on the Beyond, right? So what we yes. can do as we grow and mature. And listen, this is a great episode. If you listen to it and you like it, just give us a thumbs up. If you think there's another parent or a young person that might benefit, please share and then, of course, we'd appreciate if you subscribe because we have guests like this on all the time. And also go back and look at some of our episodes uh, that we've already recorded. We had some great guests um, in the past couple of seasons. So on behalf of the three of us, we appreciate you being here. Uh, Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. See you next time. Thanks.